1: Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Baylor Scott & White Sports Performance Center, Athletes Made Here. The Sports Performance Center was developed with one goal in mind, to maximize human performance through movement and recovery. Their team of expert performance sports coaches and trainers will guide you to achieve your performance goals. That's the Baylor Scott & White Sports Performance Center, located at the Star in Frisco. This episode is also brought to you by Allen Dental Studio, located off Bethany in Allen, their office was designed with you, the patient in mind, which means an excellent and enjoyable experience. From cosmetics to implants, you deserve a perfect smile and Allen Dental Studio can make that happen. Also, don't want to leave out another longtime friend of the podcast, Texan Senior Residential Care Homes. With locations in Carrollton and Dallas, Texan Senior Residential Care Homes offers an affordable, high quality alternative to senior living. Call now at 469-400-7650. That's Texen, spelled T-E-X-S-E-N, Texen Senior Residential Care Homes. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch, being joined by the whole crew. We got Brian Murphy, we got Kendrick Johnson, Devin Hassan, and Taylor Raglan. Everybody is here, and gentlemen, it is Monday, so let's let's talk some high school football. Week seven is a uh, is in the books, and um, as we're closing in on that home stretch, let's just kind of make sense as to as to where things are at right now because we did have a a few results last week that certainly uh, rocked the status quo in our district, so to speak. You know whether it was you know uh, things that you know may have Messed with the district title picture the playoff picture what have you um, it was certainly not a week where we were on the uh, I guess any any different page or whatnot because as Brian you and I opined on uh, on Thursday we had the the first ever completely unanimous picket line ie the worst picket line in the history of the entire project and boy guys did we pay for it it's only fitting that the one week where we're all unanimous on all ten games was the week that produced our worst results of the uh, of the season as we collectively went six and four um that's 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 called karma so um, so yeah, a, a tough week for us on the picket line, but that's that's because we did have some results that were uh, that kind of went against the grain a bit. So let's kind of go. Uh, let's talk a little 6A first, then we'll get into 5A later on. As far as some of the games that really kind of rocked our um, our expectations, um, including a couple over in District 6 a where you had. Uh,
2: I knew you were going to start there. Wh- Just... Why
1: not, man? I mean, we'll get to. I mean, we'll get to Prosper Jesuit in a bit, but Kendrick, you had a game that spanned two days before a uh, a, two days. A, a, a final score was. Uh, was decided as uh, as Plano uh, took down McKinney. What was it, fifty six to forty nine in a game that was? I mean, there's so many different angles to this one. So I um, mean, yeah, you were there for um, for the entirety of this thing. You didn't spend the uh, the night in the McKinney ISD press box or anything. But nevertheless, just what was um what was the takeaway from a, a strange game at McKinney ISD Stadium?
3: All those teams, the Plano's and the McKinneys, are all in the same boat. That what happened was Plano jumped out to them props to them they jumped out they were scoring like every two plays Tyler Hines got in action I keep forgetting number two Nolan Williams Nolan yeah. Williams did his thing the quarterback was pretty pinpoint oh, yeah. and they and they jumped out on Plano I mean on McKinney too. it was 42-14 it's like oh not the Lions' night. It was actually the worst I've seen them under Coach Shavers. But uh, to shoot the McKinney form, they made adjustments in the halftime. They come back. It's forty-two thirty-five. It's like a boxing fight. They got the they got they got Plano wobbling, and then I see my man Coach Pratt, the athletic director from McKinney, run onto the field in his white jumpsuit, <laughs> and then because we had saw a couple flashes, yeah. and they stopped the game. And that was the best thing in the, for Plano because. McKinney had all the momentum. They looked at gas. There was a whole nother 11 minutes left in that game. So we come back the next day on Friday. Clear skies. They got the win at their backs. And they score on the first play. Um, Nolan Williams does it again. Hits them for a 56-yard bomb. And McKinney can never get that equalizer Mm tied up. Kind of like the Cowboys Jets game yesterday. They can never tie the score up. And that's why McKinney took the L.
1: It was really kind of a
3: continuation
1: of what's been one of the emerging subplots of the season for Plano, and that is the development of this big play passing attack. Plano. It's legit. It's like pl- fluke. They're on piece to have their best year passing the football
3: since 2008.
1: And it's just when you add in, you know, the, again, Oliver Towns, the quarterback in the strength that he, he's
3: a junior. He's yeah. legit. Yeah, I got to see him play. He doesn't do nothing like overly like dramatic like any quarterback, but he's very efficient. Mm-hmm. For Plano, with the way they run the ball, that's what they need is a very efficient quarterback. And they've got
1: guys who can stretch the field. You mentioned Nolan Williams, Jaden Chambers Taylor. You've seen him in the past mm-hmm. do his thing. Christian Sabatini, their tight end, is another guy that can hit you. They just have much more, uh, they've got so many more different weapons at the skill positions than they've had in the past. And that's to complement guys like Tylen Hines and Cody Christ in the backfield. It's just, it's a completely different dimension that teams haven't really had to be
3: as concerned about with Plano in the past. And with this being two two different games, um, Plano won the game on third down They converted a 15 Two 12s, right. a 6 And a 5, and on those third down plays They averaged 28.6 point Yards to play So that'll get it done That'll win them. you a football yeah. game So that, that was very key
1: What's um? I mean, yeah. So I mean, I know that McKinney McKinney didn't graduate its entire defense or anything. I know they lost some key guys in the secondary, and that's where you know perhaps this you. performance comes into perspective. But very very surprising though to see that's those sorts of numbers posted. I mean, they played McKinney North earlier in the season, and North only scored what was it, forty yeah, four? I mean, no, so no, no, the total this season. yeah. So it's I mean, yeah, it's very 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 bizarre outcome. But yeah, nevertheless though, it's a game that weighs now very heavily on the playoff picture in yeah, District Nine Six A.
3: Look, I think that we, we really is really, a chance to go to the playoffs. The Lions gonna have to run the table. They got that daunting task. They got to see prosper. They got
1: the Jesuits. They got the they got the two the two rough ones out of the way early. They saw
3: Prosper and Allen to begin
1: district. They have East West Jesuit and Boyd to go. So I mean, it's listen, it's all right there on the table. You have other teams that are in that in that mix for that. I and mean, if we're going into the assumption that you know Allen, Prosper, Jesuit are the top three teams in the district, the race for that four seed, there's still plenty more games left that'll decide that. But yeah, it's it's definitely a bit of an unexpected result,
3: I think, for uh, for McKinney and Plano. I mean, it's kind of weird because. I put my, my title lead was The Tables Turned because last year... McKinney beat Plano to get in the race. Yeah. I think Plano did the same thing this year. Because if Plano beats um, East, they're all but in.
1: And, and all of a sudden now, yeah, I mean Taylor, you can speak to this a little bit. Just the the Plano East Plano uh, Plano Senior Game has so much weight on it now because I mean as as down as we've been collectively on Plano ISD in the podcast, I mean you look up and Plano's tied for third now in district at two and one, and you know East already has a big win over Boyd. I mean it's very conceivable that this could be a playoff eliminator on Friday.
4: Yeah, and I think the big thing as you talk about. A team that's already gotten the, the rough ones out of the way. East mm-hmm. is the same way. You know, they took care of business against Boyd. Now you've played Allen and Prosper. Um, you know, ideally with the bye week, and then you know a game against mm-hmm. <laughs> a game against Allen. It's it's almost like a bye week. It's not, but you know, a lot of things are different in a game like that. Um, I'm sure they're hoping that Dylan Hayden you know feels a little bit better after that injury that he sustained in the board game. I don't think he's been right yet. He's played you know, since Joe Joey
1: said as much yeah. after the Allen game that he just hasn't been the same since yeah. that hit.
4: So I mean if, if you're East, you got to be hoping that maybe this is the week that he really kind of feels like himself. It's his non-throwing shoulder, mm-hmm. but running is such a huge part of what he brings to that East team that you know I I don't want to say that he's scared, but there's even subconscious cuz he's a tough runner. He likes mm-hmm. to mix it up. So subconsciously you think there might be something where it's like you know he he wants to do it but his body's just not quite there. So he didn't get yeah.
3: Like literally, he had both his feet went off the ground. And
4: yeah, it was bad. Mm. But I mean, it's yeah. I mean, Friday if Plano wins three and one, you're I mean, feeling pretty good you're if feeling you're playing really other good and yeah. you've beaten you know some teams that were supposed to be in the mix. And if East wins. You know, <laughs> you're sitting there thinking, like, we're right back yeah. in it. We're 2-2. Two two. We've beaten Boyd and Plano. We've lost to the teams we're supposed to, to lose to, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're right back in it, and we've beaten a couple teams. Especially that Boyd win will look huge, you know, if, yeah. if East beats Plano. Because then it's like you've really taken yeah. out a couple teams that are right there on the bubble with you.
3: And, and if any of those teams can get to four wins, that's almost a shooting. Yeah. Boyd, four is the magic number.
4: It's, it's going to be interesting Friday, I think, with Plano and East, just because that Plano offense... You know, you you get past the Allens and the Prospers, and now, you know, you put up 56 points. But, you know, that East defense, kind of it's the opposite. You know, they got blown out by Prosper and Allen. I mean, like most teams are going to do, except for Jesuit, clearly, which Mm -hmm. I'm sure we'll get to. But now that East defense is good. You know, they're solid. You know, how are they going to respond to getting punched in the mouth by some of the elite teams coming back against the Plano team that everybody's hyping up? I'm sure most people are taking Plano in this game. But that East defense, if they can get... You know, it's going to depend on on what Kayvon Hamilton's status yeah. is, too. He's and, been out. A little
1: banged up in the secondary, yeah. too.
4: Yeah, so, I mean, that those injuries could hurt them. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge one. The winner of this game, it, it's tough because Plano, I think, inserts itself into – Really serious playoff contender, like yep. would have to mess something up not to make it at that point. But East, if they win, then both are two and two, and we have even more chaos.
1: So bizarre. Like I can't imagine. Like between the Plano West game and then the McKinney game, I mean, neither of these games are doing any uh, any wonders for Jadon McCullough's blood pressure. But nevertheless, <laughs> okay. I mean, they're uh, yeah, they're they they control their own destiny relative to yep. a playoff spot, which you know, a few weeks into the season, it did yep. not look like that was going to be the yep. case. But... I would
4: take them over like Boyd right now. I, would take yeah. them, I mean, it they look good.
1: Fair play to Plano, man. Brian, you alluded to it at the start of the podcast, dude. What the hell happened to Prosper? So okay, so when they
2: beat Flower Mount and they beat McKinney, you know the key to that was good running game, and then they forced a lot mm-hmm. of turnovers. Well, the opposite happened to Prosper this past week. You know, the second play of the game, Jacksonberry throws a pick. A couple, a few mm-hmm. plays later, you know Jesuit just runs down their throat, uh, and that was the kind of the theme, especially early in the game. They just ran down Prosper's throat. Yeah. And, Uh, It was twenty to nothing before you could even blink. Um, You know, after that interception, the next two Prosper drives ended in punts. Uh, and it wasn't even just EJ Smith. EJ Smith touched no, no. touchdowns. And we talked about. Yeah. It too. We, you, you mentioned how Jake Taylor. Yeah. You know would be maybe the guy that they would have to worry about, and he rushes for 150 yards and two touchdowns. You know, seven and a half yards <laughs> per <laughs> carry. Yes. Like yeah. they,
1: you look at EJ's Express. final numbers, and yes. like they actually did a, a respectable job against him on the ground. At least he had 93 yards on 22 carries. Mm-hmm. I mean, less than four and a half yards. But per when carry. you're running the ball
2: 40, what, 43 times. Oh yeah. For almost 300 yards you're going to win the game. Yeah. And if you, especially if you're forcing, you know, some of those those turnovers kind of happened once the score was kind of out of reach. Uh, but, you, you know, you can't give them good field position, and if you can't stop that run, that two-headed monster. And JT Lane, he was shut down, man. You know you know Prosper in the past. They've, mm-hmm. they've liked to use that running game with, with other guys. And, you know, JT Lane had 46, 46 yards on 10 carries. A lot of that's because you're playing from behind. Uh, it's not you know it's not ideal when you're down twenty to nothing, you know in the first quarter that's your game plan gets thrown out the window at that point. But and you know Jackson Berry you know I, I wasn't at the game but mm-hmm. he had a, a couple fun, or he had a lost a fumble in this one as well. So it's you know maybe trying to make plays happen once you're kind of kicked in the mouth and that's some uh, you know a place where Prosper hasn't been.
1: No, no, First story. adversity they faced all oh, season. Yeah, no
2: doubt. Maybe this could be what they needed. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I still think obviously we all think they lose to Allen, you know later in the year, but. You know, maybe this this game will help them, you know, win more than just one playoff game. Who knows? Maybe they'll <laughs> – we'll, we'll see. It might help them in November. You know, losing the way – and I saw, I think it was Diggs tweeted it, you know, lo- a loss in October could help them in
1: November. Well, because the reason why is because yeah, it, it would take them off of the side of the bracket in Division Two that Longview would theoretically yep. be on. So, yeah, when well, you don't have to see Longview until potentially the uh, you know the regional final, that's a that's was, a huge win. I was at that game last year with yeah.
2: Longview, and that was that's not what they wanted. So, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> but yeah, state yeah, That
1: yeah, but yeah, just a, I mean, such an uncharacteristic showing from Prosper in all areas. Like, I'm not sure what part of that equation is more unexpected: the fact that the defense allowed. Forty-one points. bet of the offense only scored fourteen against a Jesuit program. That I mean, I don't know. Traditionally, just the the mo's never been je- uh, defense with uh, when it comes to Jesuit. But that's to hold the playmakers that Prosper has because they had all their horses. I mean, it was yeah. Jackson Berry, J.T. Lane, Tyler Bailey, Hayden Metcalf, and no injuries.
3: No, they that's all the sideline. I asked Matt, like, is this injuries? Or, they just got. Uh, they just clean beat them. Just got destroyed.
1: Yeah, just, just, just solid. Oh yeah, I mean, they're I'm so only, efficient in what I've they only do. i have seen
4: them against. West, which, you know, to be fair, they didn't exactly yeah. go all the way down the playbook for for that Plano West game. But it, it's just a matter of I think they have enough around EJ mm-hmm. to where, you know, Jake Taylor and, and everybody else, but I mean, even that passing game is fine. Like, you have to worry about so many things. And they have so many just good, solid football players that they'll just they'll just efficient you to death. And they, you know, they don't make a whole lot of mistakes. They didn't. It doesn't sound like against Prosper. And, you know, you get rewarded.
1: I'm not just and it adds just another layer to this upcoming game on Friday between Jesuit and Allen, which now all of a sudden, like I'm just curious to see if, how Jesuit builds off of this mm-hmm. and what it looks like and if they if they try to do the ball control, lean on the run thing and try to keep that Allen offense off the field and to what ex, you know to what extent they can have some success with it because I mean all the hallmarks of Prosser being a uh, you know an elite or upper echelon defense were there heading into this game and man Jesuit just exposed something in a huge way. with that. Well, it seemed them. like
2: Jesuit they their starting field position was you know. You know, with the interception, mm-hmm. and then they forced a punt, and I'm seeing on here one of their prosperous punt was 12 yards. Oh, you okay. know, it's some yeah. some sort of fluky things, and yeah. you when know, Jesuits starting, you know, near midfield or mm-hmm. in Prosper territory, just give the ball to EJ, just give the ball to Jake Taylor, and you're up 20 to nothing, just like that. It was just the perfect storm yeah. for Jesuit. I don't know. I wish I could have been there to see, you know, exactly what went down, but. Kind of fluky, but kind of not. You know, Jesuit's the real deal. No, mean, are they
5: there? At, the end,
1: at, th- no, at the end of the day, they are undefeated since they got EJ Smith back from injury. You know, yeah. those two losses to Arlington and DeSoto might have thrown people off the scent when just looking at strictly their win loss record. It's those not those like those are bad losses or anything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they were respectable in both those games, even without EJ. Like, they this is, and maybe, or maybe it was just the fact that we were all like kind of buying into the Jesuit hype last year when they were expected to be yeah. the second we best, best team in the, and the district, and then they let us down by finishing seventh. But they were <laughs> banged up last year. Yeah. So I mean. I'm gonna go ahead and think that Prosper tanked this game so they can avoid
2: long. (laughs) That's (laughs) what I think. This is all on purpose.
1: Over in um let's see over in District 66A there was um there was a result that kind of rocked the foundation as far as the district title picture goes and that was Marcus getting mm-hmm. its biggest win in some time they took down Old Hebron 24 to 14 in a game that oh boy if you just look back to that uh, the only other loss on uh, on Hebron's record in that strange confounding night in uh, against Arlington Martin and where special teams did uh, did Hebron in early on wouldn't you know it special Sorry, teams David. reared their head once again um, you know this is a uh, they trade touch touchdowns to begin the game, and then after Marcus's first touchdown, Hebron loses a fumble on the ensuing kickoff. Marcus scores off of that. Marcus is feeling a little frisky, so let's try an onside kick. <laughs> they recover that, and then wouldn't you know, it is 17 to six after the first quarter. And then this really settled into a defensive game. Neither offense cleared 250 yards. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was just Marcus being able to nurse that uh, that first quarter lead to the finish line. Um, some impressive stuff by the Marauders. You know, even in even in their only other uh, their only loss this. Season, I should say, against Arlington Bowie, I was at that game, and like did, even though that they lost twenty-eight to fourteen, you could still see the signs on mm-hmm. defense that they actually had quite a bit, especially up front. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's. It, I don't know. Just in Hebron's offense, it's just run so hot and cold. It feels like that it was just kind of uh yeah. I mean, it was a very worthy uh worthy effort by that Marcus defense to hold them in check. And now all of a sudden, Marcus is in first place. The whole um you know they're tied with Flower Mound, and you got the mound showdown next week. So if they can uh, if they can take care of business, albeit you know that's you know two uh, two tall orders this week with Marcus playing Capel, Flower Mound playing Hebron. If they can take care of business though, we got uh, the potential for the most uh, highly anticipated mound showdown. Down in quite some time, um, and then you had you know Louisville over Capel. That result, might you know I, mean, I don't know if that's the death knell to Capel's playoff chances. You know there's still you know several weeks to go, but you know with already having suffered losses to Hebron and to Louisville teams that also have you know uh, you know uh, one loss in district play, um, it's just the odds are uh, the the number of winnable district games left that can you know truly affect Capel's playoff chances. It means you know you're likely going to have to score an upset over Marcus or Flowerman at this point for them. So that was a uh, that was a tough setback. Louisville got a huge game out of uh, stud receiver Armani Winfield, who you know Justin Thomas was uh, was the one stringing that game for us. And he put in the story that Winfield changed his number from mm. number nine to number four, and wouldn't you know it, he had four receiving touchdowns in that game. So. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so uh, some nice little, uh, nice little symmetry there for the farmers as they uh, picked up a nice little, uh, nice little win of their own. Um, that's a look at least kind of where things are at in 66A. Um, Devin, I had a question over 116A. It's 106A was off this week, so the, and I saw you tweet about this. The, the transitive property kind of backfired because you had a scenario where you know Longview demolishes Rockwall. Rockwell demolishes Horn, so naturally Longview would lead Horn, but was it a field goal at the half?
6: Yeah, <laughs> you know, this the, Horn has been kind of Jekyll and Hyde here yeah. of late. Like, you, you, so, you, you, well, you kind of have that sometimes when you have yeah. uh, you know a younger quarterback and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, I mean Longview, they Horn went toe to toe with the <laughs> a twenty to twenty game in the first half. Yeah. Um, hit, were they were able to hit you know hit Longview some big plays. Uh, you know Longview did kick a field goal, I guess you know right before halftime they go up twenty to twenty three to twenty. But uh, then Longview came out and. Established control. They they outscore them twenty one nothing in the second half. Win forty four to twenty. But even in the loss in. At the end of the day, it was a blowout loss when you go down by twenty-four. Some good things that you can pull from, you know, for Horn, mm-hmm. a team that you know did have his confidence shaken by getting blown out of the water by Rockwall. Yeah. But you know, they didn't. They weren't able to do it for four quarters, but to, to kind of prove that you can play with the reigning state champions, you know, just gives them something to build on, mm-hmm. especially going forward. Because you know, we we've talked about the meat of the schedule with some of these other teams coming up. Horn now has you know Longview and Rockwall in the <laughs> yeah. rearview mirror. The
1: tricky part's done. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
6: So Horn has, has put themselves um, and. and they have that that ace in the hole, that, that win over Mesquite in the district yeah. opener, that could be huge uh, going forward. So now, you know, if you're Horn, you just take care of business against the teams mm-hmm. left in your schedule and you're back in the playoffs.
1: How are you feeling about the rest of the way that uh, that playoff picture is shaping up in that district right now? Because as much parity as there is in that thing, how's that looking?
6: It could, uh, I mean, you're looking at this week, it could be the pivotal game of the, yeah. of the season with Mesquite and Tyler Lee okay mesquite is six and one Uh, i was out there on friday night they took care of uh, north mesquite Uh, great atmosphere it was the 50th meeting between the schools big crowd on both Mm -hmm. sides the hall of honor inductees uh, were on hand and recognized and uh you know just a big game for mesquite uh you know, Darius Turner goes for 155 yards, three touchdowns. They really hit North the Seat with big plays on both sides. They mm-hmm. forced six turnovers. Dwayne Adams had three interceptions. Uh, Darius Turner had a 47-yard touchdown run. Uh, Dylan Hillard-McGill had a 43-yard touchdown run. And three touchdown passes to Jadarian Smith for 91 and 39 yards. Goodness. Um, he, I mean, he only completed four yeah. passes, but they went for 142 yards. So was averaging 30 yards a complete <laughs> um, now they need that completion yeah. percentage to get a little bit higher, yeah. but uh, just shows kind of their big play um, capability. But now you got Mesquite sitting there at two and one, um, and they play Tyler Lee, uh, who's kind of been the surprise team. Oh yeah, uh, you know they're two and zero. Oh, they're coming off a bye, but kind of when you look at the big picture, Longview's going to be there. And I don't see anybody beating Longview. They're going to be the undefeated district no. champions. Rockwall seems to have bounced back nicely um, since that loss. To, uh, Is Jackson still out? No, he's back. He's, he's, back. he's okay. back, and I think he had three touchdowns last week. So, um, so you well, Of got, course he so did. of you kind of pencil them into the number two spot. Well, that leaves Horn, Tyler Lee, and Mesquite right there. Um, assuming Rockwall, Heath, and North Mesquite don't catch fire, mm-hmm. uh, nothing against those teams, but you basically have three teams fighting for two spots. Well, Mesquite already has... You know, lost the tiebreaker uh, to Horn. Mm -hmm. So if they fall to Tyler Lee this week, that basically means even if they were to knock off Rockwall or Longview, they still have the tiebreaker. They still lose the tiebreaker to both their fellow contenders. So I think when, you you know, Jeff Fleener and that staff and that team are looking at Friday night as a playoff game. And if they win, uh, you know, they're in a really, really good position. Um, but if they, you know, if they go, even though it was still early, there's still weeks left to go, but, you know, if they follow two and two with those two losses being to their, you know, the teams they're contending yeah. with. oh, yeah. And then having, you know, Rockwall and Longview still on the docket yeah. – He's in trouble yeah
1: that is <laughs> that is very very true to frame it that way um all right so we have um, some other developments over at the 5a level that we got to get to and i'm sure we'll talk a little lovejoy in the back half of the podcast and that's a nice segue to our uh, student athlete spotlight taylor had a chance to swing by lovejoy to talk with their quarterback ralph rucker on the heels of a very dramatic victory over frisco reedy last week we will see what ralph had to say after a word from this sponsor today's podcast is brought to you by star local media 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. And now, let's get back to the podcast.
4: How's it going, everybody? Taylor Raglan out here at Lovejoy with Lovejoy junior quarterback R.W. Rucker, uh, coming off a big win over Frisco Reed last week, uh, one point, uh, he led the uh, the game-winning drive uh, to take down the uh, the uh, Lions over there. So, um, you know, before we get into all that, let's start with I know you're a multi-sport guy, you know, yeah. baseball guy, uh, wrestling guy, you know, a lot of a lot of hats around uh, Lovejoy for you for sure. Yeah. So, you know, how does football kind of compare to those other sports, and and how is it different for you? Yeah,
5: um, football is more. I mean, it's more of a team compared to you know the other sports. Baseball's super individual. Wrestling obviously is very individual. Um, but the the way that we have to work together as a team, and, and the way we got to push each other. Like I can't do I can't do everything by myself. Reed needs me. Reed, I need Reed. Um, I mean it's all everyone working together as one to to do
4: to do a job and not just relying on one person. You know, it's your first year under center, uh, you know, obviously big shoes to fill with with Carson Collins, yeah. and I know you were in the secondary yeah. uh, in your career to this point. So how's that transition gone for you, kind of being the guy under center, yeah. and, and yeah, what's um, been the best part of it?
5: Yeah, um, I, I mean, I was quarterback my whole life until actually this last past year, was the first first year i ever played quarterback. Um, but, I mean, I, I knew, I knew um, what I had to do. I did some catching up to do with Carson, you know, obviously learning the, learning the coverages and learning... We're to distribute on certain coverages and and know what I need to do, um, which which Carson in front of me mentored me and helped me through it, and I learned a lot from him. Um, But, yeah, um, yeah.
4: You know, you mentioned Reed Westervelt. Obviously, has kind of been your uh, your yeah. go-to guy this season so far. He was the one that uh, that game-winning drive against Reedy. Yeah. yeah I know you guys yeah. had like a 39-yard completion, and obviously the game-winning touchdown. So, yeah. you know, how much is that relationship and kind of establishing that connection with him helped you uh, transition quarterback yeah, it's, here? It's it's helped me a lot. You know, I mean, third down, third down, and I got six to go. I'm going to Reed Westervelt. You know,
5: it's just it's it's who I, it's what we've developed um, through the games. I mean, we weren't we weren't always like this freshman football. I was not. Me and Reed were not. They had the same thing we have now, but uh, we. We've grown,
4: and, um, yeah, yeah, we're just doing our thing, I guess. You know, I mentioned last week, obviously, a huge win for you guys over Reedy. I know they got you guys last season. Um, yeah. You know, that's a different program over there, but still a, a big win for you guys. Yeah. So, you know, what was kind of going through your head, that, that last drive, under two minutes to go, you know, no timeouts, yeah. um, you know, down a score. You know, what are yeah. you thinking, and, and how did you guys get it done? Yeah,
5: us I mean, I juniors and seniors this year, I mean, we had we had some bittersweet taste in our mouth from last year, and, and we were going into the game. That, that ain't going to happen. Now, um, you know, going going to that last drive and we, we the first half we were good, the second half you know we were struggling a little bit, but I mean bring the guys together and say, hey man, this is it. This is what we we have a job to do for, for not just us but our families
4: and our community, so let's get this done and stay calm, stay cool. And let's get this thing done. You know, big win for uh, postseason implications, and, and obviously a bunch of games left. But you know, how much momentum do you feel like that gives you guys getting that win and, and kind of getting off to uh, you know a better start after? Yeah. I know you uh, you know you had the win over the second year program, but you know that loss to Braswell obviously stung. So how good was it to kind of get back on track against a real uh, competitive program? It, f- it
5: felt good, you know. Was, I think it's what we needed—a little jump, even though we didn't. Not everyone performed well. Obviously, our offense didn't just perform as how we wanted, but our defense stepped up for us. And uh, it just shows that not everyone has to play perfect for us to get a W. And so it just shows how much we need to come together and, and let's build off
4: this and let's go chase that district championship. You know, a couple big ones late in the year, but, you know, you don't want to overlook, uh, especially a team like Princeton. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know they've snuck up on a couple of people and, and have been pretty competitive, even though they haven't really, you know, gotten the wins to show for it. So what do you yeah. kind of expect out of Princeton and, and what's kind of y'all's game yeah. plan? Just sticking that last week. Last week we moved on. Uh, we
5: got a 24-hour rule celebrating the W, but um, getting back on getting back on track and uh, keeping the main thing the main thing and, and keep our head in, keep our head between the lines and do what we do.
4: What do you is maybe the uh, the biggest matchup for you guys against Princeton? What do you think you guys match up well with them?
5: Um, I mean, I think our receivers are gonna play a lot of man coverage. I think, and uh, just our, our receivers are are, are are supposed to win. They're gonna win. So just. That's the matchup we, we like, and that's the matchup we need th- for them to win.
4: You know, I guess the last thing is, you know, it's, uh, like I said, a lot of games left. Uh, still a lot up in the air with postseason yeah. picture. But, you know, getting a couple wins under your belt and, and feeling good, what's kind of the ceiling for this team? What's y'all's expectation?
5: We don't know yet. Um, the, the ceilings, however high it could be, just wherever God takes us and wherever uh, however far we, get, we can work together as a team to get to.
4: Absolutely man. Thanks RW. Yes, sir. Uh, it's been RW Rucker out here at Lovejoy, uh quarterback for the Leopards. They'll take on Princeton this week. Uh, for now we'll get back to the podcast. Yes, sir.
1: Big thanks to Ralph Rucker for taking the time to chat with Taylor for our student athlete spotlight, uh, gentlemen. Let's keep this rolling. Let's talk some five A. And you know what? We can pick right up there with Lovejoy and talk a little seven five A division two because that was certainly the most uh, eye catching result of the uh, of the district schedule last week within seven five A D two. Lovejoy twenty, Frisco Reedy nineteen. Taylor, you were there. You were on the field when that touchdown was scored. Yeah. Um, so what was the? Uh, yeah, just talk about the the energy of, of that of that victory.
4: It was, you know, the one thing that, you know, talking to Rucker after that game, you know, not even for the <laughs> for the podcast today, was they they really feel like that's kind of lit a fire under them and given them some momentum, mm-hmm. you know, in what's been a really up and down 7-5 AD2. Because now you look at Reedy with two losses. You know, Lovejoy um, loses to Braswell, then beats Reedy. So that's a, a split with two postseason teams. Frisco is really the only sure thing um, in that district. So, so if you're Lovejoy... And and you come out of that game, you know, winning a game that it for most of the most of the time didn't look like you would, because it was a really strange game in that it was kind of like whoever got the last big swing of momentum was gonna ride that and win. And it seemed like in the third quarter, Reedy got it when Jack Pruitt, I think it was, picked off Rucker and went like seventy four yards for a touchdown, Reedy was up sixteen to or something like that Or 16 to 14 I think it was 16 to 14 Yeah Because then they get feel field goal And then Lovejoy scored So it, it looked like That had kind of Deflated Lovejoy Rucker Eventually threw Another interception In the fourth quarter um, And then rebounded Obviously with that Last drive They get the ball back With less than two minutes Left No timeouts He leads them all the way down with his favorite uh, target, Reed Westervelt. That's become a nice little duo for them. Let's do a
1: great in seven-on-seven together.
4: Lovejoy is known, I guess, as kind of always having a nice crop of receivers. Mm -hmm. And and Westervelt's definitely been the guy that's kind of risen up to be that go-to guy, that Bo Ivanelli or whoever it was, you know, uh, last season. But, man, I I don't know. I mean, that's a great win for Lovejoy. Like I said, it's got to give them some momentum moving forward. But, you know, they still got to beat. You know, some really good teams to, to get in the post and that Braswell loss is going to hurt. So, I mean, I, I'm curious to get your opinion on on Reedy and Braswell because I've, I've thrown the book out the window with trying to pick games in the district yeah. anymore because it's, it, like, Reedy's a very good football team. Braswell, it, it feels like even more than we thought, that group of, like, Reedy, Braswell, Dennison, Lovejoy... Is just one big amalgamation of one-score teams, yeah. and that's been proven thus far. You know, Lovejoy lost to Braswell by a score, beat Reedy by a point. You know, Reedy um, to Frisco, even. Uh, so I, it, it's it's up in the air. That district is He's outside of, out. of outside of the very top <laughs> with Frisco, to and the very <laughs> bottom with. The Lake Dallases yeah. and and even Princeton, mm-hmm. I guess you could probably lump into that that group. Princeton's probably the best of the the bottom teams, I guess, by virtue of beating Lake Dallas, but. It's totally up in the air.
3: Oh, you flabbergasted as well. <laughs> <laughs> on what? On Reedy? Yeah. Or, Just in general. <laughs> that's
2: well, really, I mean, Taylor
1: really fired up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. We were warned before the season. Chad Cole says, for the first time ever, this Reedy football team is overrated. Those were, That was his exact words. That was weird.
1: It's a nice quote. It,
2: yeah. it was, and he's not wrong. I mean, obviously. <laughs> so you look at Frisco, Dennison Lovejoy, Braswell, Reedy. That's mm-hmm. five teams. One of those teams isn't going to make the playoffs. A really but, good team. Yeah. Oh, yes, make a playoffs. really, really good team. A team with a winning record won't yeah. make the playoffs in this district. Frisco, they're a lock, most likely district champions. Yeah, I uh, don't see anyone losing uh, to them. They've already beaten Reedy and, and uh, Once, as well. If they
1: can clear Denison on Friday, then yeah. that'll be the last hurdle, essentially. For sure, and then,
2: so that game for Denison is really big there because that could push them back close to 4th or 5th next mm. to Reedy. But, I mean, we're looking at it right now, and... Is Reedy gonna be that team left out? I mean
1: They do have the win over Dennison, which does help. They
2: do and all of their four of their five district games have been by one score. Even oh. against Lake Dallas, mm-hmm. you know, and against Denison on the road. It's like what is this team, man? Like <laughs> who are they? Who are they? You can't figure them out. Cuz it's what?
1: wild cuz at the same time they could be undefeated in district and you can argue they should be. Yeah. They were in position to to beat both Frisco and Lovejoy well, inside the final minute. Frisco the first half they got absolutely yeah. slaughtered in the second. I would half, say especially that Lovejoy Frisco. game.
2: I don't I don't know what really is. <laughs> yeah. And I was at yeah. that Frisco game and it makes no sense. And they could be undefeated, mm-hmm. they could also be one in uh, mm-hmm. one in Four, yeah, one in four mm-hmm. right now in district play because they played five district games already. It's it, just it, crazy. It, 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 either way, it's going it, to
4: get even worse too because Lovejoy still has Denison and Frisco. Lovejoy ends with Frisco. There yeah. could be a scenario where Lovejoy's like, "Crap, we got to beat Frisco," you know, to to get in or to be whatever we want to be. But that's not out of the realm of possibility. I, I mean, I I think Frisco goes undefeated just they based on have. what they've shown, and but. I mean, well, after
2: Braswell, Reedy has Lebanon Trail and Princeton, which I yeah. do think would be two blowout wins, yeah. convincing wins. So that would put them at five. I think which if the Reedy, magic number of wins is five, really, yeah. in this district. Mm-hmm. If Reedy
4: beats Braswell this week, <laughs> they're, oh, they're, I think they're, 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 locked. They're, 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 they're a postseason team, and, and all of this will be not forgotten. But I, I think we've been, you know, just to kind of piggyback up what you said, I think we've been a little unfair to Reedy just based on what they were last yeah. year. They're just not the same team, but that doesn't mean they're bad. They're a very good team. Yeah, they're still a really team. good team. They're just, just not. Yeah,
1: they're not going to go four rounds deep
2: like the they did last, of, year. The yeah. they yeah. last year. The
4: ghost of what they were last year has kind of lingered over... Everybody's expectations for them, in probably a pretty unfair yeah. way. And me and yeah. Cole
2: have talked about it. it's, it's you know it's a blessing and a curse at the same time. Yeah, that that year was so awesome. Last year, it really you know set the standards, set the precedent. But then when most of those guys graduate, the next year you're going to go through some pains. It's like, well, yeah. what is this?
1: Team well, why aren't you this good again? Yeah. yeah so why aren't you yeah.
2: fourteen and zero yeah. and yeah. almost beating Alito in the fourth round? What's wrong <laughs> with you? Now you're losing to <laughs> yeah. to Lovejoy and. Oh,
4: Speaking it's, it's of it's pains, good. we can briefly touch on. Poor league Dallas. I mean, it's they're done. They're they're, yeah, I mean, <laughs> not for done. long. I hope they're, they're not. They're not. They're not making the postseason. I don't think at this point it, it's it's impossible oh, with I that loss know. to Princeton, especially and it it's a shame because Brandon Engle has been so you know wishy washy with his health and and it's kind of a what might have been, but I don't even think he would have saved them. I think they were just down from the beginning, maybe even more than we thought just with youth and stuff. But, you know, Trevor Moon's been decent. He's coming back. So. And he's the quarterback
1: now. They're building yeah. for the future. He's yep. a junior, so they're they're yeah. letting Brandon him run the Eagle show for the rest of the way.
4: So you can look forward to some, some Trevor Moon growth, potentially, if you're a like Dallas fan, and, and that's about it, unfortunately.
5: Did they beat Memorial be this weekend?
4: Yeah. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs>
3: So yeah, that's the that's way for us to switch gears to the to the big boys in seven five a. Yeah, I got a nice little <laughs>
1: three nice little uh, three horse race developing for the uh, for the district title over in
3: seven five a d one. And we had, we had some uh, undercover uh, shout outs. I'm sitting there talking to them. North. They do what they do. They won by sixty two over uh, Wiley East, beating them by fifty eight points or more for the second consecutive season. After beating them ninety thirty two last year, and they like. Why is that Devin Hassett guy <laughs> act like we're not good enough to beat P- Poteet and John Tyler? Tell him to come to one of our games. <laughs> so that's coming from Dylan Markowitz. The
2: Kenny <laughs> folks get so defensive and they call us out. They called me oh, out. Kidding, out. they're calling Devin out. <laughs> <laughs> the nicest guy around. But, but, like but you know what's coming down is is y'all calling like out
3: North and they be beating your team. That, I'm just saying. What well, <laughs> happened during softball season? <laughs> that ain't none <nothing> of <laughs> my business though. <laughs> Well, we'll, well,
6: it's we'll football season. Focus on football, it's right? Fun- now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, these guys' heads were about to explode trying to get the district race. You know, over there, no head, you know, head explosions here. It's two very clear cut tiers. Yeah. I mean, you know, McKinney North and John Tyler at three and zero, Poteet at two and zero, West Skeet at one and one. You know, and, and the thing is, of that top four, only. John Tyler and West Mesquite have played each other yeah. um, and that was a great game that saw West Mesquite had a chance to win at the end wow. and Tyler uh, were, was intercepted with 14 seconds left and John Tyler was able to escape uh, 39-36 but uh, like I say um, the meat of the schedule is still ahead mm-hmm. and we have a lot of really good matchups to look forward to and um, Yes, I, I do think McKinney North will beat John Tyler, Dylan, and <laughs> uh, uh, oh, oh. We'll see. We'll see about Poteet. again. Yeah. I think this is a Poteet, a Poteet team that's rounding into yeah. form. You know, they got to an 0 and three start. Mm-hmm. You know, they lost to Denton Ryan, bad loss to Waxahachie, a one and
3: five Waxahachie yeah. team. And then lost to a good Mansfield Summit team that's five and one. Hey, how long um, can I call it. I told you Poteet, McKinney North. District title last game of the season. But in those games,
6: Seth, Seth McGowan, mm-hmm. their outstanding running back, didn't play against Denton Ryan. Yeah. He only got 12 carries against Box Hatchie and didn't play against Banfield Summit. They got him back. Jalen Police, their quarterback, had some, got some experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a first year starter. And since then, uh, they beat Tyler Lee, a, a 5 and 1 Tyler Lee the team, uh, 19 to 14. Yeah. Took care of Sherman, took care of Texas High last week, 55 to 10. Since getting Seth McGowan back, he goes 26 for 175 in a touchdown against Tyler Lee. 22 for 211 and two touchdowns uh, against Sherman. And then on nine carries last week, 189 yards and four touchdowns. So, I mean, having him back has made a huge difference. Again, their defense uh, is growing up. Uh, that's some younger guys there. The rest of their offense, again with Jalen Police at quarterback, uh, Tristan Goliath is really coming, coming to his own on the mm-hmm. outside. And again, I think they have McKinney North in the last game of the season. And I have said that's key because I think if they had McKinney North in the district opener, McKinney North likely wins that game. At the end of the season, I think Potique, if they continue to, to improve the way they have these last three weeks, they're going to be gonna be at peak level, and then yeah. we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, I,
3: they're definitely, the, the, they're the class of the district, in my opinion, but a little undercover fact about North is, slowly but surely, their defense is getting respectable. Since getting 63 put on by Wakeland, they've given up 34 to Rockwell Heath, 28 to Sherman, they gave up 41 to Texarkana, but thirty of them went in the second half. They went they went forty eight fourteen at halftime mm-hmm. and they called the dogs off and then against Wiley East, the 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 one seven the seven points was on a kickoff return. Mm-hmm. So they're getting where Basically, like, uh, I I joke that you need 40 points just to compete with them. They're keeping people under 40, and if they can do that, they're poised for a district title in the long run. And A district title for North would be a big deal. They've not won as good as they've done in the playoffs and stuff over the years. Not even Ronald Jones' team that went to the regional finals have not won an outright district title. So they're very focused on that, on a mission. That game can't get here soon enough.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, let's close this out with a look at 5 5 eight, Division I. Brian, the you are... real all...
2: big boys, Kendrick. This is where <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right. this is really, uh, the number one team in the state resides. Um, yeah, Brian, you were all over this district last week. I um, want to talk about your game on Thursday the first because that was our game of the week, Lone Star versus Independence. Um, and we we're really sure as far as how Independence would handle their first above-average Defense seen this season, and hell, it might have been the best defense in in Class 5A. But nevertheless, though, it was a rough, rough awakening for uh, for Independence. So, what do you take away from that as far as what you learned about Independence and them having a bit tougher time moving the so ball? So
2: about Independence, I mean they got knocked in the mouth for the first time this season, and everyone's getting knocked in the mouth, you know, by Lone Star you know braylon braxton was running for his life uh, all game long um you know he's been that dual threat guy you know capable of, you know he's been throwing 300 400 yards a game running for almost 100 yards a game uh he averaged one yard per carry uh and this one they could not get their running game going lone star uh, so coach story kyle story the independence head coach he told me after the game um on the record that this is the best lone star team he has seen them have and lone star they made the the state championship game with jason shelley they mm-hmm. Went four rounds deep, uh, five rounds deep with MJ Rivers before they lost to Mansfield Legacy, and so they played. You know, obviously, Story saw him <coughs> and played against those Lone Star teams. Lone Star last year made three rounds deep before they lost to uh, Tyler or John Tyler. Uh, but this this team is is different, man. Like it's it's evident. Everyone's saying it. He Story's not the only coach in 55A mm-hmm. that's told me that. Man, they just don't have a weakness, and it, it's not a. It, Really, it's not a gauge for independence. Yeah, they they'd been kind of cruising over some lesser teams, and mm-hmm. even Story told me that you know after the game as well on the record. He said you know we haven't really played anyone yet. You know our uh, combined record for uh, the teams we had played so far it was I don't remember the exact record, but it was it was not.
1: were not great. They've no. been
2: playing a bunch of losing teams, and they had been blowing them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they finally played a you know a, a real contender, and yeah. they kind of got exposed. And he said that too. They they really got exposed on some certain things, tackling defensively. Uh, just a just a bunch of areas, and th- th- it'll help them in the long run. Especially you know with them having Wakeland this week, that's yes. a big one. Uh, so I think they needed this Lone Star game mm-hmm. to kind of to kind of you know, hey, we're not just going to blow everyone out. We got to you know face adversity and, and everything. But mm-hmm. uh, and I told Coach Rayburn, you know, Lone Star head coach Jeff Rayburn, after the game, I said, hey man, I, I can't cover y'all's games anymore. It's because they're all over before the first quarter's <laughs> even. It's it's a quick night so.
1: in the office for you, man. You can <laughs> have that story <laughs> done by the end of the <laughs> third
2: quarter, and that's even. Uh, with the Colony this week that game is going to be over by halftime as well <laughs> not even going to be close man. It's but with Ray Gale no match you know, <laughs> Ray Gale is my guy man. you know but you know Miles Price won't be able to save them this time mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry Miles my, Price is amazing Miles Price is the second best player in this district mm-hmm. but Lone Star has the best and but it's not just him um, you know they, they just don't have a weakness. Lone Star does. Yeah. They're they're absolutely loaded in every single position, and that's what you know the number one team in in the state has to have. You know you can say oh it's the Marvin Mims show. You know he's two hundred yards a game, three or four touchdowns a game. You know Garrett Rangel this you know stud sophomore sensation coming in. You know putting up astronomical numbers, but no their defense their defensive line is massive. They they send three guys. That's all they need, and they get pressure on the quarterback. 3-4? They run a three four. Their secondary—that's such a luxury. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then when those guys get tired, they could, they have two or three more guys they can rotate yeah. in with the second string. Uh, I've been told there some of their second string could be teams in the district. It, mm-hmm. It's it's insane, absurd. They might have the best middle linebacker in the in in the area right now, and a little Russo Lilo. Their secondary is, I think, the strength of the team. You can't throw on them. Uh, I haven't even mentioned uh, Jalen Ford, who just committed to Utah. A linebacker, they're, it's, it's their offensive line gets no love, sure. but they should. They have three returning starters. Their offensive line paves the way. What are you about to say, Devin? No,
6: yeah, I said here. I, I sense the jinx coming in because if you get too high in a team, they to <laughs> <laughs> bounce in the second round. Next <laughs> thing you
1: know, you got Miles Price running the hook and ladder on you for the game-winning touchdown. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, that, that's not going to happen <laughs> again this time, but. Uh, I don't know what will happen in the playoffs. I, I'm just worried about – I don't want to get too far ahead, but I'm worried about them rematching with Highland Park. That I, – I, I think the way – I think thinking ahead to the state quarterfinals? <laughs> state, state championships. <laughs> no, no. But I, I just yeah. – no one's going to test them in the district. And
1: that's Lone Star, man. Because you uh, – because now, I mean, the, the – the script is the same heading into Friday against the Colony which you know it's Colony's undefeated you know and they've been putting up some absurd offensive numbers much like Independence has now the Colony has been a bit more uneven than I think we anticipated with even in victory you know they're making it a little bit harder on themselves in some spurts obviously we talked about the Centennial game that they you know were able to squeak out there by 7 or whatnot. and then against Heritage that was a game that was back and forth in the first half and then the Colony shifts gears in the second and routes it
2: it was 23 to 20 yeah uh the colony were up with a minute 35 left in the half. So Ensuing kickoff right after Heritage scored, Miles Price takes it 87 yards. That's and then Heritage
3: trying don't to make kick a kick it to that man. They, no, <laughs> why, why does anyone <laughs> kick it to Miles Price? Just kick it out of
1: bounds. You're just, the, just kick the damn thing out of bounds. Yeah,
2: you're better off just yeah. letting him start at the 30 or whatever. Yeah. And then, so he took a kickoff to the house, and then Heritage trying to make a play just before the half, trying to, you know, because they've been moving the ball against the colony, which their defense has been sus. So they has not been the defense that they mm-hmm. had last year, um, you know, people can score on the colony this year, uh, and then they throw a pick six, and then that's when it kind of spiraled out, and the colony had the momentum. And the colony's a way better team than Heritage. That's there's not a debate there. But you know, the, these two, these games that are too close for comfort against Centennial and Heritage, and you know, teams that they sh- they were blowing out last year, it's just. Not a strong, you know, sign that you know to show that the colony is going to hang with
3: Lone Star this year. So, so are you going to drop that keyboard if you're in the press box on, on Friday and you see 21:14 halftime Lone Star over the colony. Ooh, if it's close,
2: uh, I don't know. We'll see. But I, I don't think it will be. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I mean, th- this this team has relied on on Miles Price. A little too much at times, and I've seen it firsthand. I, I know they have other studs. That's no. Because
1: I'm curious to see, like the no secret, uh, as far as just individual matchups for Marvin Mims this season. I mean, Christian Gonzalez is yeah. committed to Purdue. He's one of the top cornerbacks in the uh, you know in the in the state for that matter. Um, anxious to see how that kind of plays yeah, out because there are like the, it's again the talent is there. It's just for whatever reason the colony has just been a little bit more Jekyll and Hyde quarter to quarter. It seems this season than expected, but
2: well, Lone Star has more than Marvin Mims. So Independence yeah. they double teamed and, and triple teamed Mims the Entire first half, and so what did Lone Star do? They went to Trace yeah. Bruckler. Probably
1: right? might not have to, though. That's the thing, that's what I'm getting at. They might not have to double-treat him.
2: Christian Gonzalez can just man up Marvin. I M-
1: don't know, that's the thing. I'm fascinated to find out. It should be juicy, See, that's though. That's what
2: I'm saying. If you try and the game plan is take mm-hmm. out Marvin Mims well, we're just going to go to our other stud receiver or we're just going to run the ball down your throat. Like oh, you yeah, it's a question week, of whether so. you have
1: a guy that can at least hold his own one-on-one against him so you're not having to afford that many more personnel to, <laughs> to slow down Marvin Mims. So, I don't know, yeah, we kind of fancy this is the potential district title game at the start of the season and we'll see if the Colony has anything in their, in their bag for what has been an unstoppable Lone Star Bunch. Um, last thing before we get out, did you see the last playoff team last week with Wakeland beating uh, Little Elm? Uh,
2: no one expected that. You know, I, I mean, Wakeland pretty much solidified themselves as a playoff team with that win And little um, granted they've already gotten Lone Star and Wakeland out of the way that game against the Colony is going to be really big later on but man that was that was a weird game mm-hmm. you know um, you don't see Ryan Watts get burned too often but Kevin Rochelle beat him on a 27 yard touchdown that kind of just sum things up if even if your bet when your best player is, mm-hmm. is is getting you know beat pretty good and it, Little Elm just couldn't move the ball. It was just, it, it was weird. And it was a statement win by Wakeland because they were fresh off that, that loss to Lone Star last week. They really wanted, they were really hungry. They really wanted to come out and, and, and get a statement win. And, and they got it, you know, at Little Elm on the road. And I we all picked Wakeland to win, but no one picked Wakeland to win by a million the way they did. And this game was never in doubt. Um, yeah, so Wakeland pretty much solidified themselves as at least a four seed. Mm-hmm. Maybe the 3
1: seat with Independence's forfeiture. We'll find out out on Thursday. Yeah, That's a big one. Awesome. Plenty of fun stuff later on this week, uh, including five games that are up for Game of the Week. You can go to our website, starlocalmedia.com, to vote on that. Um, And we'll preview whatever the Game of the Week is, plus the other marquee matchups on Thursday. Um, That'll do it for this episode of the podcast. Appreciate the entire crew for tagging along. Folks, you keep enjoying your week, and we will talk to you all later.
0: Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than starlocaljobs.com.